<laughs> I have to do it. She's a visco girl now. She has a hydro flask. Hydro flask. <laughs> I'm a visco woman. <laughs> You're right. I'm old and brown ass woman. <laughs> All right. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Bryn. And we're two writers who have questions. So to answer those questions, each episode we're inviting a fellow writer on to share their work. Another stuff. Welcome to Shitty First Drafts. I keep thinking of a joke I want to do with our thing, our intro, but I keep forgetting to do it. And What is it? I don't remember. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember why I thought it was funny or like what it exactly was, but anyway. That was not a good. <laughs> I'm not trying to put it on record. I was just telling you what I thought. Anyway. Hi, Chloe. Hi. <laughs> I bet your joke was amazing. <laughs> One day. It Whatever it was. <laughs> Next time I'll share it. Well, thanks for um, coming to hang out with us and talk about your poems. We're excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited to be on this podcast. Yes, on this a Sunday afternoon in mm. our new home. Yeah. The new home of shitty first drafts. Does it sound different? <laughs> I think it does sound different. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it probably sounds more echoey. I don't know. I don't know. It's a pretty big room we were in last time. That's true. Anyway, this is all very fascinating. Thank the same know. rug is under our feet, so yeah. feels right. Chloe Hansen is a PhD candidate at the University of Tennessee. Her poetry has appeared in numerous literary journals, including Contemporary Verse 2, Pretty Owl, Arsenic Lobster, Crab Fat Literary Magazine, and Calamus. When she has time, she also loves to write and perform music, drink beer, and play with her dogs. Welcome! Yay! Yay! Um, so Chloe and I know each other from doing the program um, together. So we've so actually, I was going to say this poem looked familiar to me, but I don't know if I saw it in workshop. Maybe it was. You've read um, it before? It's actually from my master's thesis. Oh. Um, but I think I, I have read it before, maybe when I first got here, because I thought it was some choice mm-hmm. work uh, when, <laughs> when it first was written. Um, and You're then, talking about the early version? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, and even, even this edited version, I was like, I have caught on to something here. Yeah. Look at my literary references. Mm-hmm. And then um, reading back through my master's thesis, uh, because I was trying to compile a manuscript, there were some poems, including this one, uh, that I was thinking were maybe not as <laughs> Gonna make the cut. Good. Anymore. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Now, are you guys in workshop together some of the mm-hmm. years? Yeah. Oh, for some reason, yeah. that surprises me. I don't know why. But I guess you're... Uh, yeah, PhD students and MFA students were always in the same. Yeah, yeah. And Chloe came my second year, and so her first year was my second year, um, and so we were in Marilyn's workshop and yes. Marge's workshop. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you remember this collected works of Adrian Rich I that I'm do. currently I was using say, as a this microphone? This looks exactly <laughs> like my bookshelf <laughs> at home. Freaking, isn't it like Sylvia Plath underneath it or something? No, oh no, okay. Uh, the poetry of Pablo Neruda. Okay, well, it. whatever. <laughs> At least that giant. <laughs> yeah, the brick of Audrey Adrian Rich. Rich. That's yeah. funny. Well, it you used me to well. use my Mississippi Review anthology as your thing, but well, these were you've moved handy. on. Yeah. Well, awesome. I don't know. I, okay. Yeah, Didn't know I'm <laughs> um, Yeah. So before we get into the poems, 
I wanted to talk to you about your journey to becoming a writer, to becoming a poet. Poetess. <laughs> poet. Um, because I actually don't know how you started writing or when you started writing. So, Or if you were like an anthropology major. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting. Um, well, I don't know if it's interesting. But I'm sure it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners will find it interesting. Um, we are the final word. Yeah. I, I liked to write a lot um, growing up. Mostly I wrote, you know, short stories and things like that because mm-hmm. everyone wants to be the next great American novelist. <sighs> and um, when I started college, I actually uh, started as an opera vocal music major. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be on Broadway. Ah, yes. Uh, Broadway. (laughs) Yes. um, And I I still, you know, in my, like, heart of hearts think that would be amazing. But I can't dance at all. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, my first year of college, my opera class was at 7 a.m. Oh and I was like, I'm not going to this. So I, <laughs> Why I, would they do that? Wouldn't your I voices be trash? Know. Yeah, I don't know. The guy that runs the opera program at my, my former institution is like a big deal or whatever. And Ooh. so I guess he was just like, well, I can sing at 7 a.m. So here we are. Uh, so <laughs> I <laughs> I got like a 1.7 GPA that semester. <laughs> you were like, you just didn't uh, like, I don't love opera this much. Yeah, I was like, ah. <laughs> You know what? I think I'm all right. And then um, I sw- uh, switched my major a few times. So I did journalism. And then I was going to do English secondary ed. And my mom, who's a high school teacher, well, she's not anymore, but she was, um, was like, you will not want to be a high school teacher. You hate <laughs> high school. Like, you hate kids. Yeah. You hate, you know, all this stuff. So uh, she said, you should do creative writing. And I was like, well, I won't get a job with that. And, she, you know, the the usual, because opera was so lucrative. Right. It was hard yeah. to leave it behind. Um, yeah. But she she basically said, just do it anyway. Um, and then along the way, I sort of discovered that I was a better poet than fiction writer. Yeah. Um, and my, my mentor at Utah State University, Michael Souter, if you're listening to this, what's up? <laughs> um, but anyway, shout he, out, shout out to Michael Souter. He was uh, very helpful and um, basically said, you know, if you actually apply yourself from this point forward, because I didn't have very good grades in my undergrad, but he said, <laughs> if you uh, apply yourself, then you can, I think, make an actual career out of doing this. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, and now you're in PhD school. I know. I made it all the way to PhD school. Amazing. <laughs> And you're in your third year? This is my fourth. No? (laughs) It's my fourth year. It's my fourth year because I'm graduating a year early and I should have five years. So it's my fourth year. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, So do you remember when, like, you were a kid, was there something that sparked the love of writing or was it just something you kind of always... Uh, My first grade teacher um, was really into um kind of like having us write our own stories and reading to us and things like that and uh I was a show-off and a teacher's (laughs) pet sure so um you know I I liked to write the stories and stuff and she would say that they were good and so I made her a binder of my work (laughs) and gave it to her yes and then I would uh update her with new things uh, every it was like the Chloe Literary Journal or yes. something, or like your you know, because yeah. who wouldn't want that collected and, works? <laughs> and then in fourth grade, I had no friends, um, mm-hmm. and my fourth grade teacher made a 
well, allowed me to make this little area in the back that was the writing center. And in theory, anyone could go back there and write, but it was actually just me. <laughs> um, so, like, I could stay in at recess and, like, write oh, stories nice. with her and just hang out in my writing center. <laughs> so, I that's mean, good. I liked good it, but they teacher. they encouraged it a lot. Yeah, for definitely. sure. That's cute. That is cute. I wish I had had that. I, did, I had no friends in fifth grade. <laughs> in fact, I had third two girls who used to be my friends who were like, we don't want to be your friend anymore. And I was Aww. like... You know, the way that kids can do. Just, yeah, yeah, just brute. They were just like, I'm like we're not interested. You no know? Like, it's just like... We don't want to be your friend. Like, Kelsey's here now, so... We yeah, I don't like, even remember. It's just they just decided they didn't want to be my friend. Um, cold as ice. Cold. It was brutal. Anyway, and Mrs. Rutherford, she let me stay in from recess that day, but, like, didn't... Shout out to Mrs. Rutherford. Yeah, she really... <laughs> she really helped a girl out that one day. <laughs> the rest of the day is not After so that, much, you're on your own. Yeah, after that. Um, but I remember, like, because her class was in the... Um, the basement of the the school or like a floor down and um they broke up with me (laughs) and then all the class and I was like at the top of the staircase crying and they my whole class like was going to recess and walked no. past me on the staircase crying it's and I was like, like sitting a movie. oh my god it was awful it's one of those memories that like I was writing about because it popped back up again and I was like oh this is why I've shoved that deep deep, <laughs> deep dark you gotta anyway. bring that up you had a basement in your elementary school yeah is that a Kansas thing yeah. it seems like a Kansas like ass a tornado thing, thing. Yeah. yeah I mean I don't know if it was like tornado I don't know but yeah it was a it was an underground classroom because I remember, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I was in like I a portable also, classroom the in the that, fourth grade. That I've seen portable. Yeah, like yeah, a trailer when, when there's too many in your kids, school. and so they just make like a little. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was cool as hell. Like outside, like in the parking lot, or like it was, the, like a tra- it was just a trailer. Yeah, or by like the jungle gym, they'll have like yeah. Several. Ours was by our old playground, so like we had our own personal playground. It was cool. Yeah. Wow. And then you have to. And our music, all of our music classes were in a portable building, too. Yep. We did not have that. Yeah. All buildings have to have a basement in Kansas for, like, tornado reasons, but... Mm, huh. That's crazy. During tornado um, drills, you would just go into the hallways. Yeah, that's what we always did. And, like, do. yeah. Cover your head. Go against the brick walls, the cinder block walls. This is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. A tornado went right past my high school when I was in it once. Oh my god! But it did not touch the building. It yeah, just we never had any really fucked up the close. parking lot and our football field and baseball field. Mm. Okay, it's scary, <laughs> but I mean hurricanes. I didn't have to give. I didn't have to give my friends Romans, countrymen's, men's, whatever speech that day because there was a tornado. Nice. So I was like, boom. <laughs> that they I guess they happen here but like when I was doing Jane Eyre the musical which is a very strange musical um uh, last summer or whatever there was a tornado warning and we were on intermission and I was like I quit this musical I'm going home like my dog's not worth my life it was so terrible yeah because scary with like in Tennessee because most places aren't equipped with basements Mm -hmm. so you would just go to like the innermost room in the house that doesn't have windows preferably but like you know ultimately kind of fucked you know like if a tornado hits your house you're fucked without a basement yeah i don't i don't like that's it. why you put your mattress <laughs> zero you out of ten stars put your mattress on top of you anyway that was tornado safety <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I'm a, <laughs> Wait, but so was in Utah there was I mean We have earthquake drills. Earthquake. Okay. And I oh, yeah, was never terrified of those. Like every night when I would pray or whatever, I'd be like, please bless that there won't be an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. yeah. I was pretty sure that if an earthquake hit, we were gonna die. Because they say like, Oh, we're we're overdue for like this huge yeah. earthquake. Yeah, they always say that, don't they? With yeah. the super volcano or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's not yeah. Um, but you weren't in the you weren't like in the snowy mountain mountains. No, I was in the Salt Lake Valley, so okay. yeah, they were all around us. But. I always was terrified. I like again in Kansas. I don't know why I was so worried about this, but I was always terrified. Terrified. You an anxious child. <laughs> I know it's shocking. <laughs> I was always really like I remember. I was always really really um, scared about avalanches right in kansas <laughs> because of, right in kansas because of the stories about av- like people getting stuck in avalanches and like di- you know i also was really scared of sharks it's like the unknown right like <laughs> i was never gonna come across a shark in kansas i was never gonna have an avalanche i always kansas. thought i was afraid like a plane might crash into my house hmm. that was my That's like that was my unfounded yeah, that, that was my completely unfounded fear as a kid i was like what if a plane seems reasonable house? I don't know. It just seems scary. I mean, yeah, that's it's like being struck by lightning. Irrational like fear. Yeah. yeah. My friend in high school did get struck by lightning. And oh. survived. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> of course it was. They were like, "Stop shopping here. What are you God doing?" Was like, smited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, smote. Uh, okay, so you, so you kind of were a writer for as long as you can remember then yeah it's always been an interest at least yeah and what you mentioned that you kind of were doing fiction and then um found out the poetry was more your jam was there do you have a clear memory of like making that decision or was it more of an organic um, I just remember there was a semester I was taking both a well I was taking all three like creative nonfiction and fiction and a, mm, yeah. a poetry workshop and In college. yes and I have always had a hard time coming up with ideas for stories, mm-hmm. but I wrote this allegory about religion <laughs> and fish and mm-hmm. like the what's the fish Leviathan? Oh yeah, and like the fish like they're swimming up to the light. Like I don't really remember, but I remember <laughs> you were yeah. hitting them with those hard truths. Yeah, I remember metaphors. being like, I think this might be brilliant. And then I took it to workshop. That is what it's like to be a fiction writer. <laughs> right? Yeah. I took it to workshop and I was like, this is such garbage. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then, like, that same day I had a poetry workshop where I I had brought in something and everyone was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I thrive on, you know, compliments and sure, things. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so, like, I, I maybe have a have a knack for one over the other i mean yeah. this was cumulative obviously but this yeah, was yeah, the yeah. the main time where i was just like wow you really you have no good ideas <laughs> just, yeah when you put them like right next to each other like that it's hard not to yeah i mean i don't know how much people wanted to hear about like my boy problems or whatever <laughs> but they wanted to hear it more than my religious fish <laughs> so i wish well, i could I mean, find that story because that's gotta well if you ever do on the show yeah i think we're gonna have to do an episode where i bring in some of my old fiction um because it's really genuinely terrible i would love to hear poets just read their fiction because you know some of them are are good at both but yeah a lot of us at least our early fiction drafts are just like yeah Um, yeah, you're always trying to like 
break down walls in your young fiction. Yeah. You're always thinking about it too much. Yeah. I did some like weird like psychological stuff and then I was like, this makes perfect sense and it's so cool. Yeah. But then like reading Deep. it, it makes like, it oh, makes absolutely yeah. no sense. But I definitely did Did everyone did have that. to go through that phase? Because I feel like I had a story that was like, it's the psychology of like this teacher who kissed her student, but really she was having a mental breakdown <laughs> and like, bib, bib, bib. And he was also beating his girlfriend. Oh like, God. you see everyone Damn. does harm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I tried to, my first fiction story that I, like, wrote and submitted to Workshop, I, like, wrote this whole thing about, like, how, like, sometimes we saw people as evil, but then, like, we all cry the same tears. Like, I swear to God, there was, like, something in there about, like, I was reading, like, a lot of Chuck Palahniuk at the time, and he does, like, asides, like, scientific asides, and so I was like, (laughs) tears are a blend of these chemicals. Like, I did, like, a whole thing, and then it was like, yeah, anyway, it was (laughs) was really weird, but it was, like, all about, like, monsters and how, like, people are monsters, and, like, there was a whole, like, aside paragraph that was like, we're not afraid of monsters under the bed anymore, we're afraid of strangers in the night. (laughs) It was, like, a whole thing. Yeah. A coming of age. Oh, man, yeah, I love yeah. it. it was like very dramatic. I will not be bringing that in <laughs> to the podcast. I mean, I think you have to now. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I feel like there's an audience for that, though. Yeah, for Is sure. there? Well, Teen Chloe would have been really into all that. over yeah. that. Well, the clo- I don't I, remember how my workshop went. I think they were <laughs> probably just very confused. I was always into more like the thing. Fan- I always wanted to be like a fantasy writer. So mm-hmm. I always wrote fantasy stories. Like I had one that was about like, like clones being models or something and then um I remember the closest that I ever got was I wrote this story that was like kill your darlings where like a writer was like writing a story and then the the character like comes to life or something and they had to be murdered yeah and they had to kill him I can't remember (laughs) if that's exactly where it ended but I do remember that it was like yeah it was very like wow stranger than fictiony or something anyway it's a lot of fiction talk for a poetry yes, episode. I like it. <laughs> I'm it's learning fun. so much. We're complex individuals with many interests. Yeah. Well, to bring it back to you and poetry, yeah. I'm like very low-key proud of your mom for being like, you're not going to make any money, but do it anyway. Because yeah. that's like not the normal story. Yeah, for <laughs> That's real. Cindy, though. She, I mean, Classic first of all. Cindy. Shout out to Cindy. <laughs> Shout out to Cindy. I mean, she's very supportive, but at the same time... Um, I think she has this idea of my abilities as being like able to transcend the, <laughs> the, the yeah. norms of society and you know I, I'll somehow figure it out yeah it'll just That's all work nice. out yeah well, yeah. She believe, yeah she believed in you so much that she was like she'll become the next super famous poet yes we have so many we have so many <laughs> so, yeah anyway well, on that note, let's read a poem. Yeah. Okay. So. I wrote uh, some notes that are just words with exclamation points. <laughs> I see that. Like, sexy, wordy <laughs> words, and hyphens. <laughs> I just want, didn't want you to be I caught off guard. I thought in workshop <laughs> comments hyphens. that look just like this, though, where you just get it back and you're like, thank you, you yes. I word did. associated to my poem. Yes, or yeah. it'll be like, um, 
they'll circle something and just like basically rewrite it in their own words and you're like yeah no I I did that is what I did thank (laughs) you thank you that's what I meant thank you very much yeah I always felt so bad because there were definitely some people's poems that I just was a lazy reader for because I just was like oh I don't get what you're doing here I would just like mark random things because I was like trying to make it so that the paper had some writing yeah you're like (laughs) I I think this is good I know exactly but, what you mean. Yeah. Or you, you run out a few of time times in your workshop. Like, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like, ah, workshop, is, workshop is tough. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So should, should I just read? read yes. It? Okay. Well, so you said this was in your master's thesis. Yes. Right? This version. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, um, should I talk about what it's about or should I read it and then talk about what it's about? Let's go ahead and read it first. Okay. And then. So this poem is called Drowning. He talked about drowning a lullaby, his voice lilting. I, still lake silent, felt a quiet romance in the notion. My Ophelia made Oliver, my lord of Shalott, my Victor Wolf. He, a tragic hero, he who wished to feel the bone-white freeze like a slow-creeping rigor mortis up each thigh, through his core, sliding along his spine and into his waiting mouth. And he, so willing, would open himself, lips to death, a kiss in the corner of his smile. He wanted his heart embalmed in the water's blue embrace. He saw himself a cryogenic masterpiece, a miracle of modern medicine. But he believed that love, always love, would massage life into his wrinkled fingertips, smooth the ice away from his lips, kiss the smile back in. And so, when he ran those corpse hands up my thighs, stomach, chest, and I tasted the tang of his formaldehyde tongue, I opened my mouth like a coffin, breathed in his death rattle, my lips like two blue arms, to wrap him in an embrace and let him drown in me. That was hard to get through without <laughs> laughing. I got to Victor Wolf, and I was like, "You're gonna have to cut some things out and and cut." Like, oh no, try you're again. gonna have to redo it. I was like, "Keep it together." <laughs> I, yeah, I thought you kept your composure well. I heard the yeah. giggle start to happen though. We, I there. mean, you can read it again if you want, but I think I'm okay. <laughs> you're like, ah, I don't need to read that another time. <laughs> no, it was that and a formaldehyde tongue yeah, that I was just like, oh tongue. man. So what? Talk, the talk drama. Us through that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to say, talk us through that reaction, just that it was so, it feels melodramatic or... Yes, it feels really melodramatic to me. And I remember at the time being like, I have successfully avoided the, um, what's the thing they always tell you to come right up to, but not get it? Like sentimentality? Yes, I have ex- successfully circumvented sentimentality. <laughs> I use the word formaldehyde. That's not sentimental. <laughs> like, I, I just really thought that I had crafted something here. Um, but you were cryogenic. Yeah. Yes, I, there was science involved mm-hmm. uh, in this poem. But uh, actually, I mean, this poem went through a lot of revisions to get to this place. But yeah. I was trying to write about um, just sort of negative or controlling relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but having had basically no experience with relationships um save for you know with the the person that is the subject of this poem um i was sort of floundering in how to describe it um 
So I went to, as Stephanie said, wordy words, which is one of the comments I have here. Uh, cryogenic masterpiece. Just trying to show, like, this person is cold and unreachable. And, yeah. And, you know, I'm, maybe... I'm a poetry critic, so yeah, I, I know, know what I'm talking about. the about. wordy word. Just a little too on the nose. When So when did you first draft this poem? Oh, gosh. It would have been uh, probably 2012. Okay. Um... Like sophomore year? College? That would have been my junior or senior year junior of college. Senior year of college okay. um, so toward the end of my undergrad. Undergrad, yes. And actually, this poem has been published. So some, <laughs> someone, <laughs> the somewhere. Draft, yeah. Yes. Uh, That's amazing. I don't remember where, and it's probably for the best that I don't say, um, <laughs> so that they don't get mad at me. Yeah. But you know, like, it's so hard. Oh, yeah, it's so hard with some of those old poems where you're like, oh, I really would have changed so much, right. <laughs> or I would now change so much. But it, yeah, it was on that my senior year. I was had this run where I got like three or four poems published in a row. So I got this idea that not only was I a very good poet, but these were very good poems. poems yeah, they have been. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I know? didn't even I didn't even know about sending out my work until yeah masters. So I can't imagine what kind of ego trip I would have been on. I took it very personally when people in college, I still do sometimes, get their work published because I also didn't even know about it and yeah. didn't even think like that I was ready. And yeah. that, so that meant none of my classmates were ready either. Yeah. So now when I hear people getting published in college, I'm like, you're killing it. Yeah. You're doing you're everything doing the most. right. Yeah. Like, you're doing so You've done good. nothing wrong ever <laughs> in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still not ready. <laughs> I mean, I do think the public, yeah, it is a very personal journey, but, um, but yeah, I, I like just didn't even know about the world of lit mags until masters, which is really amazing that I even got into a masters with it being like, what's that literary magazine? <laughs> um, I mean, I worked for like the undergrad one on campus, but sure, anyway, I just was totally out of that world. So, um, that being said, so this was about. Were you talking, when you wrote it, were you writing for a class assignment then? Yes. So it was just uh, for workshop, you know, just needing to bring bring something in. Yeah. There weren't any specific parameters that I remember. Yeah. And um, the other question I was going to ask was? Something. something. I bet it was good. Yeah. I'm sure it was really intelligent. (laughs) Is Oh, I was going to ask. So we kind of have talked about the ways that it is melodramatic and feels a little bit maybe overblown um but is there something like what because this does remind me of some of your work later on in terms of like themes and um like the I mean I think you've done it with a little bit of a lighter hand but some of the images of like this like darkness and death and you know these I don't want to say gross but like not traditionally like beautiful language necessarily and the ways that you make not beautiful language then beautiful anyway so I I'm curious to hear from your perspective, was this, um, were you consciously then trying to rework this piece or was it more just like relationships and, um, that kind of like toxicity in them just has always been something on your mind? Um, I definitely, I remember trying to, to rework the piece to be, um, more, I mean, to use your word gross, but uh, <laughs> trying to get it to be more of a, a contrast between 
the the beauty and the the grossness so at, at least at the beginning um the still lake silent and things like that i saw those as like very lovely calm yeah. beautiful images um and then trying to contrast those with like the formaldehyde and yeah. the the cryogenics and things mm-hmm. like that your mouth um, like a coffin yes the death <laughs> rattle at the I end it's particularly um particularly touching on those things but I goth poetry it is very gothy (laughs) yes uh I think I that I was interested in not only the toxic relationships but also the idea of um loving someone who like hates themselves or Mm. wants to die or whatever because um you know the poem was supposed to also be dealing with with suicide so part of it was also contrasting like the beauty of my love with like the darkness within the, the subject um and also, I think that when I was editing it, I heard the Laura Marling song. Um, shoot, what's it called? Oh, no, I can't remember. But anyway, the first line is, he wants to die in a lake in Geneva. The mountains will cover the shape of his nose or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, so good. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's where the like the lake images came in. Yeah, so sure, that makes sense. I was just trying to... Um, I don't know if I lost track of your question somewhere along no, the way, I, but... Uh, yeah. yeah I think you answered it I don't think it was a very coherent question it was more just like talk to me about this what you were trying to accomplish here so um would you up the song. would you say you said that this wasn't like the roughest first draft how many no. revisions did it go through before it, it was this oh it, there's at least three other versions of this poem this was the one I could find yeah no, uh, totally fair which I wish I could find the earlier ones because <laughs> this was paired back okay. from um, the amount of like coffin death formaldehyde mm. yeah, like yeah, yeah, images. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is paired way back. So is that how you usually revise? Like, do you find yourself overwriting at first and then scaling backward? Yeah, definitely. I think that I get ideas in my head of, okay, this is the exact message I want this poem to convey, or this Uh is the exact thing I'm working with. And then I just bombard my paper with that. And then um, I'll leave it alone for a while and come back and be like, oh yeah, too much there. You're not (laughs) explaining this right here. So yeah, I tend to overwrite and then go go back from there. Back and cut. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I always find that really interesting because I never, like, people have multi-page poems. I'm like, how do you do it? Like, right. I, like, get to the end of, I get to the bottom of a page and I'm like, okay, poem's done. Like, yeah, I know. I like that poems too. sit at one page. Like, that yeah. is the rule. But I don't, it, it's I, the perfect length. I think just because I, I edit as I go so much that I'm, like, stopping myself from writing the thing that I think is dumb. Um, so I always find it really interesting when, like, um, you know, Krista is on my mind because we just edited that one, but she had like th- her rough draft was a three page long poem and not like short lines, like substantial lines. And I was like, how, who, what <laughs> right. you have not only two, but three <laughs> pages of a poem. Like I, it just doesn't compute for me. Oh, so yeah. um, I mean, even with overwriting, I never, I think maybe two pages is the longest poem I've ever written in yeah. my life. I just don't. Well, I think the, you, the more you read, poetry the more you're like you know the majority of them are that length that's That's the average length but if you're reading a ton of long poems you might be like yeah i'll write a long poem yeah for sure you start to like 
I don't know. It's like the more you read short fiction as a kid, you stop writing like the crazy big psychological thriller ideas yeah. <laughs> because all you've watched are movies mm-hmm. and you start yeah. to learn what kind of stories actually make like a fiction piece or yeah. something. Yeah, like, a unit of fiction. Yeah. Yeah. A unit. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, actually, now that I think about it, like, some of the best long poems that I've read are often, like, in sections, too. So they're Mm -hmm. more, like, associative links rather than being necessarily, like, one long chunk of Right, Mm -hmm. right. And they were probably written separately. And then, like, you know what? These all can go together. Yeah. And that makes them cool. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) Anyway. I always think people are cool when they have sectioned poems. Yeah. And then when they're reading it, they get to be like, one. Oh my gosh, yes. My poem. And then they're like, two. two. <laughs> More of my poem. Three. And we're back. That's uh-huh. the voice that they have to use. Oh, like, man. One. Like, it like, <laughs> it hurts me on the inside. Does it? Yeah, I'm like, oh. I like when people just say it in their normal voice, but it's, um, for some reason, a lot of them are just like, One. Oh, well, like they're reading an audiobook. It is Take like me that. Seriously, I am an official poet. I'm gonna write a poem with three sections just so I can read it. And I say really that. wish you would. I'm gonna write a poem in three sections about writing a poem in three sections. <laughs> you should. Well, and the That'd best be thing is, is it doesn't matter what the poem is about. It could be a funny poem, but you have to read it like this. And it goes from their regular speaking voice, like I'm introducing my poem, and then they're like one. Yeah, it's so like you almost <laughs> like see it happen like, in a, their face. Some it's, people's poet voices I really like, yeah, and, and I don't notice, mm-hmm. but some yeah, you do notice some people's poet voice. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it just, I think it depends on the person, but, like, wasn't it Jeremy who you said, oh, I really like your poet voice, and he was like, oh, gosh. Cause I do like his poet voice. To, but he's used to, like, poet voice being an, like, a an insult. Or, like, I was just thing. thinking of Jeremy, but I didn't want to say his name to embarrass him. Oh, no. <laughs> he's got a nice voice. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to this. <laughs> Chloe, you also have a nice poet voice. You also have a nice must be that opera education. Sure. What kind of that? <laughs> the Broadway. The Broadway. And the stage presence. Put vibrato okay. into some of my words. Yeah, there you go. He that talked about yeah, drowning. That. <laughs> that just sounds like you wrote a vampire poem. <laughs> <laughs> just really lean into I that mean, aesthetic, I think. It's yeah. not too far <laughs> off. Not like a coffin. <laughs> Your mouth. <laughs> Let you drown. <laughs> Did you ever go through like a goth or emo or like oh punk phase? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah. You had to. Have. Oh, I thought I was a hardcore. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> we were like in the gang of Mormon goths. Oh man, I feel like I have to send you like a picture. Please, of, like do. it's my last day of eighth grade, oh, no. and I am doing this. And in Chloe, the picture. Now, be real with us. How many studded belts were you wearing? <laughs> one. Just one, one only, but I wow. do have a she wristband. On a and then I had a wristband for my finger that was a smiley face. I would put it on my middle finger. Oh, damn. Um, actually, I would do that now. I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually like a little baby wristband. Like for like the, the terry cloth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a friend who would wear like multiple studded belts in different colors and like widths. And she wouldn't uh-huh. put them through a belt loop. No, you put she them on top of the sideways. Yeah. yeah. But like... She was yeah. really teeny though, so it also mm-hmm. like worked. They just like hung around or like, yeah. you know, like yeah. horseshoes or something. <laughs> I never went through a goth or an emo phase. I was always pretty. I, w- I, I like to call my phase scene. Mm-hmm. Which I is like second like level scene, emo. Yeah. Like yeah. scene is like bright colors emo. 
Sort of. I don't know. I was still wearing a lot of dark colors. But did you have the choppy hair? I made my I had a choppy mullet hair. Like hair cut. You made your roommate cut her hair like that? Yes. I said, she said, I know how to cut hair. And I said, oh, okay. And I gave her the scissors from our kitchen and I pulled up pictures of scene hair. Oh, she cut your hair. Yeah, I thought uh-huh. you said you made your roommate cut her own hair. No, no, no. She cut <laughs> See, my hair. Got it, got it, got it. It looked it. bad. I cut yeah. my own hair a lot. Uh, and let my friend cut my hair but yeah I had like this choppy mullet haircut <laughs> and bangs and I straightened my hair all the time oh my gosh. and I wore little bows uh-huh. little girl you bows have to wear in my the bows. hair so many and bows. bought my shirts from Hot Topic and wore <laughs> and I wore a lot of shirts from Goodwill that had like funny sayings mm-hmm. on them yeah. like from yep. a camp or something yep. that I didn't go to and so you were like ironic yeah, oh, yeah. I had uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I had Vans slip-ons. And oh my gosh, I, did you I took a lot color of on your Vans slip-ons. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you had to color the toe with sharpies. Yeah, I didn't color on them too much, but I did bleach a heart into them. They were oh, black. Nice. Vans I bet your parents loved spending seventy dollars on a pair of shoes to have you then sharpie them. Yeah, they got really <laughs> mad whenever I would cut up my clothes and stuff. Yeah. They'd be like, "We bought that for you, and you cut it up." Oh my gosh. I just have to describe an outfit for you and then we can we can move on if we need to. Okay, so uh, it would begin with a black t-shirt, which I would cut the sleeves all but the very end so that they were just hanging there. And uh-huh. then I would safety pin around mm-hmm. so that they were like hooked. And mm-hmm. then I would safety pin a patch to the middle. So I had an evanescence one. That was usually what I would do. Of course. And pat- then, like to the chest? Yeah. Safety pin it to the chest. And then I had these black <laughs> bondage capris so do you know mm-hmm. what those are they had like the straps Chains, that would straps. go across like oh, the butt yeah. and the front they have yeah. cargo pockets they did and um then zippers <laughs> at the bottom and sure. then i would wear um i had brightly colored argyle socks that sure. i would wear pulled up so All that the they way. met yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then either my orange converses neon orange converses High or tops? yes obviously uh which i had <laughs> I'm drawn painting on a picture here right, <laughs> right. You know. which i had drawn on yeah, um yeah. or my vans which were the ones that had like the the rubber toe and then mm-hmm. like the big fat tongue which mm-hmm. i'd also drawn on and the vans um i had written green day across the front <laughs> of, of the sole yeah so one or the other of those things mm-hmm. um yeah, that was and that was your go-to outfit. Oh, and then like uh, I had wristbands and spiky bracelets. Yeah. Did you what color? And that year, hair? that year the first um, Hawthorne Heights album came out. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I love Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> Me too. For real. I uh, love how much you guys are bonding over this. It makes my whole heart. Highways so for lovers, baby. <laughs> it still is uh, to this day. Um, no, my hair was bright red, and um, mm-hmm. it was cut like Haley Williams' hair in uh, the Misery Business yes, music of video. Yes, of course it was. So I had the bangs that were like, Meh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. But you were not quite an, and like, you were not quite like Avril Lavigne, where you would wear like a tie. Oh, I did, did that in sixth tie? grade. Okay. Yeah, with a polo shirt and yeah, a oh. um, and mm-hmm. a white shirt under, and my dad's ties. Oh my god. Avril Lavigne was my gateway <laughs> drug to yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, 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 becoming scene. seen. Yeah. Um, absolutely and your parents were chill with you dressing like that uh, yeah they they wouldn't kind of like tease me about it in family gatherings but they kind of just let me do it you know yeah. my mom was very much like just let her express herself it's not like she's actually doing anything bad yeah because for all of the the posturing like uh, you know I had a growing up in a Mormon family and yeah I was you were never gonna do anything bad <laughs> it was not or, tough yeah. I, yes. <laughs> no I didn't I was no. against the straight edge kids because they were in a feud with my friend's big brother who was in a band that I really liked <laughs> whoa so yeah wow, you sided with the cool kids that's even yeah. cooler you were not straight edge yeah this story could go on for yeah. a while that like, is oh, so funny I just but, like 
yeah. have such a clear understanding of who young Chloe was now. Yeah. I never, the closest I ever got was like, I bought, I, I worked at Delia's, so I bought a lot Ooh. of Delia's clothes. I love Delia's back in the day. We, like we got like a 40% off discount or something bonkers. Oh, and oh so my I gosh. Had, like, I bought my first, like, bought like some houndstooth, um, Bermuda shorts. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bermuda and went, shorts. Yeah, and house, black and white houndstooth. And because there was a girl uh, who I had been friends with who would wear houndstooth, and I thought she was really cool. And um, <clears throat> I remember one of my favorite t-shirts being this black t-shirt that had, like, it had, like, a rainbow across it that was, like, also a keyboard I think and then it had like rainbow colored stars all over it sure and yeah it was just very you know in the style of Delia's it was like cutesy mm-hmm. but like yeah. I was like this is really cool well, Delia's really took a turn in the 2000s where like it was really cool like in the 90s and like early 2000s and like edgy but then it like took a turn where it was like a little bit more more like Aeropostale or Aeropostale yeah. Yeah. yeah it was definitely in that cute, cutesy cutesy phase when I worked there because it was like when I was 15 or 16 yeah. so um definitely cutesy but (laughs) I really liked it and but that was like as I mean I barely wore like eyeliner like I wore like mascara and stuff but I wouldn't wear eyeliner because one time a girl put eyeliner on me but she did all the way around my eye you know (laughs) you you would do right yeah that's the way it works and my eyes are so they're not like weird shaped but they just don't aren't suited to that and it did not look no good. one's eyes are suited to that <laughs> well it looked really and even like she little... was like oh you shouldn't do this it doesn't look good that's so mean yeah i did not stay friends with that yeah, no. <laughs> i was like a scene kid but i'd never wore any makeup oh ever. see makeup like, was a makeup big... i was barely say, touched my face like in high big... school at all mm. i just wasn't into it I had the neon eyeshadows, and I would do, like, mm. pink lid, and then, like, green out here, yeah, and then, sure. like, here is, like, yellow, and I then, like, that. eyeliner all the way around. <laughs> yeah, it looked really good. Yeah. It was a really good look. Everyone Man, liked you're going to need to get, send us some of those photos. Mm-hmm. For your goth poems. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. I, I I feel like I missed I missed out on that a little bit, but that's okay. It's Never okay. too late. I mean, right. you could put foundation on your lips instead of lipstick. I could mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's and the 90s look. are back right now, so surely the early 2000s scene. Oh, they better not come know. back. Oh, it's coming. No. It's coming, baby. <laughs> a foul wind If Bermuda shorts come back, I'm going to oh throw my myself off of Bermuda's I, like, I loved them because like, like they were shorts that my mom was like okay with, you know, because uh-huh. they were like an appropriate length. Same with my mom. Because it was either Bermuda shorts or the like teeny tiny cutoffs, and anyway. Oh man, but they are yeah, they were dorky. I had some like, like pla- like pa- like pastel plaid. You had to get ones. plaid ones. I had some from yeah. the van store. Who among us plaid. didn't? Yeah, they have were plaid Bermuda shorts. Were, it was rough, but let's read the next poem. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I know. Is this poem just as goth? I I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just as sexy. Ooh. I I mean this poem is from my my dissertation so it's new. Yeah. Um and I feel good. I mean, I shouldn't feel good just when things get published, but um <laughs> but this is uh, actually in the rumpus which is like oh, awesome. my biggest coup to yeah. date. Uh so I mean, I'm like it's good. Yeah, the rumpus like that's some street cred. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I put in all of my job application letters. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. <laughs> um my so so you said you wrote it for your dis- dissertation mm-hmm. but how long ago 
about how long ago did you first start drafting it? This would be within the year. Okay, so it's like fair, fairly yeah. fresh then. Um, well, let, yeah, let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll sure. talk some more about it after. I'm really excited paper about noises, these comments. Paper noises. <laughs> oh, yeah, just some very quick noises. notes I made. Okay. So, this poem is called Collected. I must be very still, a flower in a crystal tomb, frail stem positioned just so. I must take care not to fog the glass with my shallow breath, infrequent now to give the look of death. He's posed me thus, one hand to naked breast, one hand grazing goose-pimpled thigh, a Venus de Milo stuck through with a pin. Collectors are the truest beasts, I've found. They capture that which can no longer run, display kills as trophies, delight in bloodshed made sterile with formaldehyde, with borax, with cold stillness. He's arranged my lips in an unmet kiss. Most nights, when he presses his to mine, I feel the hard plane of his flat, harmless teeth and picture him helpless as all of our species, unable, at last, to devour me. I just realized I say formaldehyde. Formaldehyde! I was just going to ask if that was a part, like why you brought them linked. That, well, not specifically for the world formaldehyde, but... Because mm-hmm. you did choose these and you brought them together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually make that connection until now but um thematically i felt that they were somewhere yeah so to be clear it, this is not um a further draft of the earlier one it's a just a totally different poem yes that's right um i felt like it some of the ones that i had that were later drafts were still not yeah <laughs> not any, oh, not no any better totally no. understood yeah, um, well yeah so talk talk to us a little bit about um why you brought them together then what are you thinking of as being the links yeah so I felt like both poems are dealing with you know toxic relationships on the most base level but uh the first poem I was sort of you know trying to grapple with how to explain what a toxic relationship looks like to me and in this one I feel like I've sort of figured out the metaphor that I think works best for me which is um sort of a hunting hunter Mm. collection um I was thinking a lot about taxidermy and things like that at this time um so the idea of um of being trapped in a relationship that is toxic uh related to me uh to that and then also um I forgot what I was gonna say never mind also nothing (laughs) uh so I felt like they were they were sort of drawn together by yeah I mean I think it's yeah I think they definitely definitely seem to be um a speaker dealing with a like a similar figure Mm -hmm. um and I do think I really like that this one this newer poem incorporates the idea of like display as part of that toxic relationship because it does seem like you know, being like Venus Milo stuck through with a pen, you that's a great image, first of all, but like that not only is a, a, a like predatory, a predator like capturing their prey, like hunting them down and capturing them, but then also taking that and using it, like taking that prey and putting them on display as, as a prize, mm-hmm. I think is a really interesting, feels like you furthered the metaphor um, in this one rather than just talking about the interpersonal toxicity. It's, um, 
goes beyond that a little bit more. Right. Yeah. I mean, thank you for the explanation. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to put that in my uh, critical intro. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. <laughs> but uh, in, in addition, I feel like the first poem sort of just focuses on um, the interpersonal, like you said, but this poem was also supposed to be, it's part of a bigger sort of series that's looking at um, the relationship between humans and animals mm, um, yeah. and how that's related to the relationship between, um, you know, the interpersonal relationship, specifically um, women and men, like loosely defined, I guess. Yeah. But uh, so this one was supposed to be sort of looking at this larger issue of how like human beings aren't actually, you know, suited to to be hunters the way that they think that they are mm-hmm. so um you know with the like the teeth that can't yeah. like catch yeah, 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 yeah. And things like that so I was happy with the fact that I was able to sort of combine all of these different ideas into a poem that is at least has commercially successful as poems <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah, 100%. So. um so when you were writing this one then did you go in with a goal or did it start from something else was it more like a spark and then you wrote it and kind of came up with the goals later or was it more intentional than that yeah um I I've been going through a lot of um just like kind of prompts for myself because I have you know limited time to write 60 pages of poetry so (laughs) right this I was like okay you're writing a beauty and the beast poem um so I started with the uh the, the rose that's Ooh, in the crystal tomb. And, crystal tomb and then I was like yeah, okay branching okay. out from there you know what what is like that flower that's like captured and on display mm-hmm. I guess like um you know the the butterflies that are in the cases mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the taxidermy and things like that so just making associations um, from that yeah so yeah it really was just sort of like word association yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it was me saying okay you're you're writing beauty and the beast now because your um dissertation is about like myth as well yes and legend yeah it's reworking uh fairy tales and myths um to draw attention to like the violence inherent in the stories yeah and how those stories perpetuate um negative ideology about women and about non-human animals and yeah things like that so yeah, yeah yeah well that makes perfect sense then so you're like kind of going you're going through and like ticking some boxes like okay we want to talk about beauty and the beast and now we want to talk about little mermaid and now we want to talk about right okay. exactly mm. cool um, so that feels very project oriented then. And is that, that's just because you're in the dissertation or mode. Of- yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, when you get into that mode, I, like, you know, obviously there's certain things that you can't just, you know, I'm just going to write it for a yeah. and you have to like make it, <laughs> make it happen, work yeah. and make it fit. Yeah. Like find been- the holes in your writing yeah. and like try to mm-hmm. fill them. Have you found that to be? productive like is that has that been working well for you or does it feel pretty restrictive I actually I mean I found it productive for the most part because I work really well with um with a specific goal in mind or with people telling me hey I need you to hear the parameters yeah Yeah. um but at the same time I've been getting all these good ideas for poems from my like for my previous collection oh yeah and instead of writing down the ideas I've been like no no time and then I just (laughs) don't write it and then I forget about so whatever I guess I just won't write those poems uh the lost poems of Chloe Hansen um but it was meant to be they'll come back I know I know that's actually (laughs) 
<laughs> my it's like side note my dad is a musician and he used to play with this like very famous mormon singer um julie diazavedo and uh she would always say like if she couldn't remember like a lyric that she was thinking of you know when she went to write it down later yeah. then it wasn't that good and so that's what i always tell myself <laughs> yeah. which i don't know if that's true but yeah I think that's probably just comforting. like placating right was, there was one time when i don't i can't remember if i read this online or if someone was talking about it but they said like every time you don't write down your idea, like it goes to someone else or something mm-hmm. like that. And that well, depressed the shit out of me. That's horrible. Yeah, it was like, if you don't like listen to your creative like voice, inklings yeah. or voice or whatever, like then that energy in the world is like getting transferred to someone else. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it made me really upset because I was in a writing hole at yeah. the time and you I was like, just like, well. stealing all my ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking sucks. I didn't like that at all. No. It wasn't helpful. Whoever told me that, I'm mad at you. Yeah. I'm really interested in the ways that, um, or that's not how I wanted to start that sentence at all. On a similar note, I remember there being either a story or somebody talking about the writing process, maybe, or maybe it was Joy who said this in workshop, Um, but she was talking, or somebody was talking about how it was described like the idea of getting poem was described as like a person being out in a field and working and they like feel the idea coming and they have to like run to the farmhouse and they like to get to pen and paper before the idea like meets up with them mm. something like that it must have been someone in your class cuz that sounds like what it was a i heard really 100% sure that that was joy <laughs> There's no way that we didn't hear that from her. (laughs) I'm almost, you're right. Thinking about it, I'm pretty sure it was her. It was all about energy. Yeah, it was really interesting because she was describing the idea, if it was Joy, if I'm remembering correctly, she was describing this as if it was like a storm front and you need it because like it was going to hit you if you like got your pen and paper fast enough or it would just keep going. Pass over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tough stuff. I mean, that's a cool image. But it is a cool image. Better but. not be anyone out there writing my like growing up Mormon poems. I'm still gonna write those later. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> when yeah. I've got time. Um, I was thinking about the metaphors in the first one, and then thinking about the second poem, and I'm like, why do I like these second poem metaphors more? And but I think it's what we talked about earlier, where it's like they, it feels like they are related or it seems like stream of consciousness in a way where one leads to the other leads to the other like they're related in a way Mm -hmm. and then the first one it just seems like they're less specific more dramatic in like a way that i don't know it but it still feels like yeah i don't know i don't know what the first one feels like but but reading it you can tell that you're like this one's not i'm not feeling the same connection yeah i feel like writing it the first one it felt like i was trying to force things to work like okay who are people i know that have drowned yeah like okay i'm gonna do gender bending because i have to for some reason (laughs) um whereas like you said i feel like this one it was sort of naturally associative yeah the new poem well and i just feel like those images are doing a little bit more work rather than being quite like hitting the nail on the head exactly they're like Mm -hmm. you know Well, they're telling us something about what the poem means other than just, like, describing something in a cool way. Yeah, exactly. I think we should talk about what you're working on. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. You Uh, kind of explained your dissertation sort of already, but I'm really, yeah, I'm interested in 
I'm interested in it. Yeah. So, um, like I said, my dissertation is a collection um, that I cannot title for the life of me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, listener, it's, send in your right, <laughs> title. Ideas. So it was called In a Carnist Fable, and then Ben Lee was like, "This is a bad title," and I was like, "You are right, Ben Lee. <laughs> it is a bad title because anytime you're talking about it, you have to say in in a carnist, and it's just and it wasn't yeah. good to begin with. So now it's called Making a Killing. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, but. It's a collection of poems. Some are not actually fairy tale based. I was encouraged to kind of branch out from that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the idea, like I said, is like the stories that we tell mm-hmm. reinforce negative ideology, specifically related to the treatment of non-human animals. So not all the poems are like animal rights poems. Um, and it's kind of been hard to figure out how to exactly... Um, fit everything together without being redundant and also to not um be oversimplifying the experience of either the humans or the non-human animals or to you know participate in erasure of any like cultures there's a there's a lot to grapple with there and i i know it'll be done for like the committee or whatever but i i see it taking much longer to finish yeah and it's one thing to have to like write the work but then to have to write about the work for like yes the school part of it is like that's my least favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you, I don't know about you, but when I'm writing, I'm not like, ah, oh, yes, this is participating in the tradition <laughs> of, like, you know, I mean, I know that I have influences, And that's, like, 100% not yeah. what you should be thinking about while you're creating. Not while you're creating, for yeah. sure, yeah. But so. then so you have to, like, go back after the fact and be like, I don't know, what was this doing? But so but then it feels, like, artificial, for me at least it did. Mm-hmm. So that, so much so that in the intro to my thesis, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Not exactly in that many <laughs> words, but just like, Bleh. it's an organic process. You can't define it. And Marilyn was like, this makes it sound like you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Don't look at me. No. Yeah. I- so I did, you know, eventually cut that out and <laughs> pretended I knew what I was doing but I was like the truth is you wanted me to write about my poetry I don't know what I'm doing right but. I mean this is of the times I've had to write about my poetry has been the quote-unquote easiest because it was based in things like ecofeminism and yeah. different philosophy things so I can say oh you know here's what I'm trying to engage with on this level it's been you harder kind of went in with the project in mind right yeah. but it's it's been uh challenging but i'm excited about it where are you <laughs> do you have all the poems written um i have let's see i'm trying to get to like 60 pages i've got like 40 pages of poetry which okay. equals out to be something like 35 poems right now yeah um, of varying degrees of good and readiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's what I'll be doing over the break is yeah. trying to write more and edit. But um, yeah, it's getting it's getting where it's you know wrapping up or at least yeah. it's getting a direction that I'm happy about. That's good. Yeah. So and then mm. it takes time. You know, you gotta you gotta get that cranked out so you can try and get it. Publish. I was yeah. gonna say yeah, can get a job. They want <laughs> right, to be like right. it's a book. Like goal, yeah, book length manuscript kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But That's then you don't, you don't you then have to write like thirty pages of critical. Yes. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. That hurts me. Um, and how my much feelings. did you have to write for your master's? Uh, like eight or ten. Oh yeah. Oh, that sounds we nice. had to write fifteen. Eight or ten. Like I can crank out an eight-page paper. Oh yeah. You can just make that up. Yeah, which is what I did, and I got yeah. called out. <laughs> <laughs> but yes yeah um 
Yeah, I don't know. Not to bring them, not to remind you. Clearly, this is, oh, no, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, if nothing else, I can be like, look, guys, my husband did the cover art for the book already. So, like, how's that <laughs> for prepared? Cool. Yeah, you know? Yeah, it's done. pretty cool. Yeah, like, well, if, if it's there nice is a book. Married to an artiste. Right? Yeah. He just drew it, and I was like, I want that. <laughs> give, me, give me that. <laughs> give me that. Yeah. Well, now that we've stressed you out about all the work that you have to do um, in the next couple months of your life... Um, <laughs> what's some pop culture you've been enjoying no, <laughs> oh well I mean <laughs> we're gonna turn to that where can people find you on the internet if you'd like them to sure I have a twitter I think I do yes <laughs> I don't know I, I said do. I think I know I do I tweet a lot now I got back into it and that's what people that's what you're supposed that's to do right, when you're yeah. really busy with school yeah right right when you're you a writer you should be doing other things hard line opinions about uh veganism and the upcoming election yeah um, and also netflix movies and netflix movies <laughs> i tried to live tweet the night before christmas and i don't know how to live tweet and i don't know how to so like all the tweets are out of order and i was so upset because then i got mad and i stopped tweeting and i had so many more thoughts <laughs> about the movie <laughs> and yeah i still regret it i'm like i'll like never be it, it read, is i'll read your tweets garbage yeah i know like i really thought it would be fun and charming i was like time mm. travel vanessa hudgens christmas like what, what could go wrong could go on? <laughs> the night says toodle pip at this oh, one God. point and you're like i can't there's no chemistry it's it's so bad but anyway my twitter is i would read that, that i would read that essay i would read you you railing on that film we mm-hmm. had to turn off um Tall Girl. Uh, tall Girl. Oh, Netflix movie. It's the worst I've, I've seen ever Tall seen. Girl. Terrible. I we saw it in a waiting it. room or I wouldn't we have finished it. We turned it off it. when they were playing piano. Yeah, and that. singing. I was literally like, this is a screenplay I would have written as a high schooler. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It just was so, none of it was real. I think the 14-year-old wrote that yeah, screenplay. truly. Like, you know, because we'd mm-hmm. watched, like, To All the Girls I Love, or All the Boys I well, Love Before. Well, that movie is fantastic. Which is so good, yeah. And so we were thinking it was going to be, like, along the lines of cute, that. Yeah. Cute, And, like, yeah, sure, a high school movie, but still so, but, like, believable. You know, a lot of Netflix movies are really enjoyable and, like, just, like, bite-sized enough that it's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. there's a satisfying ending. Like, yeah. I've seen a ton of really good Netflix Dumplin', original movies. Dumplin'. Uh, yeah. I liked Dumplin'. Um, What's that? There's one. There's one that's called um, "The Fundamentals of Caring" with Paul Rudd. uh, To the Bone with uh, Lily Lily Collins. Collins. Like what's the one with um, Shannon Purser that we watched? Um, um, Something about a date. No, I don't know. Set it up. Is that it? Oh, that one was really cute. I Set haven't it watched up it yet, but really it's on my, my list. Anyway, but so there's this long line of very good Netflix, you know, yeah. cheesy rom-coms that are actually, like, enjoyable and not cringy, and this was just so, like... Do you know how it ends? How Tall Girl ends? <gasps> no. Oh, my God. She okay. a short person? No. So, you know her friend? friend that has been carrying the milk crate around the whole time? Yeah. He's been doing that so that when the moment hits, he can stand on the milk crate to kiss her, and that is what he does. Aww. And that's supposed to be cute, and it is not. No. Oh, that's weird yeah i mean that actor is the you know the actress that plays that character is cute and i was like oh you're charming but yeah yeah the fucked up stuff with the mom and just like oh it just was well, and everything acting. they do to help her with her tallness that is not helpful oh yeah. my gosh yeah. it's a mess like yeah it, it, and it's shitty but like at some point like you just have to be like i'm tall fuck all of you yeah you know like just mm-hmm. get as a tall girl, as a tall we, girl, we look to you yeah. in this Well, I mean, I'm not time. like six two or whatever right. she was supposed to be, but she's size thirteen Nikes. Okay, yeah, really hard. Yeah, for her. Don't watch 
Tall Girl, don't watch, I don't, these, I shouldn't put the these opinions out there. And don't watch Let It Snow on Netflix. We watched that one. That was, was it bad. bad. It was bad. Oh, well, I, I mean, it that. was better than Night Before Christmas. I could see people getting enjoyment out of it, yeah. but yeah. it was not good. What was the one with Vanessa Hudgens that we liked? The Princess, Princess Switch. Princess, yeah. Princess yeah. Switch. <laughs> I love it. That, that one was so that one much was better. So, your whole face lit up. Wow. And that's it is not a even treasure. That, it's not even that good of a movie. Oh, but it is, though. Comparatively. It is a treasure. My sisters and I got in a fight about it the other day <laughs> with two of us versus one for Princess Switch is a treasure. So. That's yeah. the one we were watching where we made the list of Christmas movie bingo, which I read to my mom oh, the other yeah. day, and it, it holds. And I wanted you to write a poem about Christmas movie bingo, I think. Oh, I don't know. Oh, and Noel on um, Disney Plus. Don't watch that one either. It's not good. Okay. Oh, thank you Anna for Kendrick saving us from it. all of these you're terrible welcome. films. It's Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Hader. So you're like, it's going to be amazing. No, it's not. No. Yeah. It's, I mean, you just can't save bad writing. You really can't. No, I watched a. Um, it was a Lifetime Christmas movie the other day that had Christina Milian and Donald Faison in it, and I was mm. like, certainly this is going to be good. And then yeah. the lead was like a redhead who's in a bunch of Hallmark movies, yeah. and it was even worse than Hallmark movies. It Yikes. made no sense. And I was like, Christina well, Milian, you've never yeah. led me so wrong before. Yeah. You're so cute and fun to well, look at. And it's just like so frustrating because it, you like some of those movies, it's like how how did the, you spent a couple hundred thousand at least, if not a couple mm-hmm. million yeah, on like, making this Even the Hallmark movie. movies are better than that Lifetime Christmas like, movie I watched. How did this get greenlit? Ugh. I don't know. It hurts my feelings. It yeah. does. It really does. I have ideas too. Maybe yeah, I, I could. Man, I'll write a tr- trashy screenplay and get Netflix to make it and make some money. Right? Jeez, like, I could crank it out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. If you read the like screenplay for Tall Girl, you'd be like, Yeah, I can write this. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, hundred um, percent. So you can be found. On Twitter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my Twitter handle is Ms with an M S C Hansen with an O N. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Ms. C. Hansen, that's me. I guess I have Facebook, but like, don't, yeah, don't friend her on Facebook. You don't creeps. friend me on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't have a website or anything. Yeah, it's but just if you Twitter. Google her yeah. name, you might be able to find this very oh poem on God. the rumpus. No, if you Google my name, though, there's another Chloe Hansen who has written fantasy romance novels. Oh. It's not me. Are you sure? <laughs> Did you be clear? I'm so worried on the job market. They'll Google me and they'll be like. What is this? Man. There's a reason. Spelled the same in everything? Yes. Maybe you should oh, start using an initial. You have to go back and email all your old yeah. publications and be like, please add an initial in my name for Googling purposes. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, if you Google me, you can find these poems probably. Yeah, we'll, we'll link we'll, to we'll, the yeah, we'll one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks hey. for being on our show. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. for being here. It was fun. I'm really, man, I'm... Go home and immediately send me those pictures of emo. Oh, I, I'm like, we'll find them for you. Post it. Yeah, yeah, amazing. You can put them in the <laughs> promotional. I was going to say we'll put them on Instagram. Well, oh, I will yeah. put pictures of us at that age too, just to you know. Yeah, make it even. you know what? I think I still have access to my old photo bucket account. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think some of the stuff. I mean, I joined Facebook. I think in like 2008 or so, mm-hmm. 2007 maybe. So some of that stuff would be the days of my youth yes (laughs) uh you can also find us as always at sfd podcast on both twitter and instagram you can shoot us an email at sfdpodcast at Mm gmail.com again that is sfd like shitty first drafts (laughs) midwest (laughs) signing off (laughs) just a bunch of keywords (laughs) (laughs) 
10-4. Okay, bye! Bye! <laughs> Chloe Hansen is a PhD candidate at the University of Tennessee. Her poetry has appeared in numerous literary journals, including Contemporary Verse 2, Pretty Owl, Arsenic Lobster, Crab Bat Literary Magazine, and Calamus. Is that how you say that? Calamus? I think so. Calamus? I don't think it's Calamus, Calamus. <laughs> when she has time, she also loves to write and perform music, drink beer, and play with her dogs. I mean, that's pretty fair. That's pretty straight ahead. It's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mostly okay. accurate.